Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight it is my film pick of the week, so we're going to be covering Dark Man from 1990 and directed by Sam Raimi. Uh, unfortunately, the Dean will not be here. He has uh, school shit, uh, as often happens, but we are joined by the other two cohorts, first and foremost, the bold, the beautiful, the ghoul geek Keith. I'm everyone. And no one, everywhere, nowhere, call me. Just call me. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> call me. <laughs> call me. Nope. We're going into Blondie territory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different movie. Yes, yes. Uh, welcome back to the show. And he is everywhere, but nowhere at the same time. Donald Trump? No. Dark man. We'll get to Hello. that song later on in the show. <laughs> but we're also joined... By the psychotic Simeon, the Mad Monkey, the Prince of Morris Day. Get Dark Man with it, Monkey. Oh, yeah, King. We get more funky than a three-day-old corpse of a 70-year-old crazy cat lady whose cats ran out of food two days ago. But anyway, you know what time it is, screaming, so put on those earphones and get ready for Talking Terror, your favorite horror podcast in all of the interwebs. But if you can't listen live, don't worry, boo-boo, because we got you covered. Because you can listen to any episode of the Talking Terror Catacombs on iTunes, Spotify, Blog Talk, or wherever the hell else you get your podcast fixed. You just make sure that your favorite demented dog Stalk us on Facebook and Instagram. What's up, my family? Sex and chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome back, Monkey. You know, unfortunately, this is the one soundtrack that Prince didn't want to do. He did Batman in '89. Then he's like, Dark Man, no, I got Batman money now. I don't need Dark Man. See you later, Sam. A lot, a lot of people said that. <laughs> but we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, a lot of people have stepped mm-hmm. along the way, you know, including Prince who's just bopping around in his booty shorts and his Batman. I don't need your duck, man. Fuck you, Peyton Westlake. I'm walking out of here. Yeah. Damn, Prince. <laughs> <laughs> no, damn, Prince has got money now. He can do whatever he wants. He's got Batman money. <laughs> but, so, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking a lot about that. Dark Man later on in the show. Uh, I got some stuff I wanted to talk about with horror news. I wanted to talk about X a little bit. But first, uh, Ghoul, Monkey, do you have anything that you wanted to bring up before we get in some talking? I got a little bit of stuff, but Ghoul, you got anything you want to oh, Okay. Nah, man, you know me. I live a, a boring, quiet lifestyle. <laughs> you lie. You lie. You yeah, spend no. all of your time going to goose shows. You're traveling this the globe for Halloween goose. <laughs> and, and coming back with bad, expensive prints. 
that you need to find frames for to put on your wall. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong, man. I just actually went to Walmart today. I came home with like eight different frames, and I got shit flattening out on the tables. Thankfully, it was a, uh, a it, it's a quiet time. We've got about two months till the next goose show, so so it's uh it's yeah, it's, it's all about just now amassing as much shit as I can online. <laughs> He's gonna start ha- like once the Google God tells him no more goose prints in the house. He's gonna start through there coming up with some frames to put them inside his work truck, and he's gonna sit there and start having goose shit in there too. Well, he'll just build the goose house out back. Welcome to the goose house. All goose, all the time. It's not a bad idea, actually, but that's where all my right. magnets are, man. I've got, all, I've got all my slap magnets up in the truck, man. They're all up on the wall in there. So ready to push truck. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, what I, what I wanted to talk about is um, even though Toy Fair isn't until fall of 2023, NECA, if you go to our – Talking Terror page. The King has put up articles about how NECA has like been fucking knocking it out of the park and just put doing release after release after release of stuff that's coming out and you know the things that are going on. And part of the reason that uh, they are sitting there putting out these mad things is because Target and NECA have actually teamed up for their air quotes holothon. Yeah. So beginning. Yeah. Yes, they have. And beginning March 18th, it's going to be a four-week extravaganza where <laughs> you can get Target exclusives for NCA figures and stuff like that for the next four weeks. I mean, weeks a couple days ago. Starting right? last week. <laughs> yes, exactly. A couple days ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> what day You're like, is it? Coming up March 18th. I'm like, what, 2023? Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, it's, it's a week ago. I just – I, I'm just, hey, look, 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 don't touch me. I just tell the news, okay? I'm just doing my job here. You fucking respect me. <laughs> Damn. He's just, Ooh, okay. he's just reading the, te- he's just reading the teleprompter, folks. As you can tell, he's just reading. He's just asking questions, guys. He's just asking questions. So quite possibly, if you were lucky Fuck enough. You, Los Angeles. Go, oh, wait. <laughs> If you were lucky enough a week ago to have tried to scoop one of these DeLoreans, you might have gotten one. That is what we're talking about, right? But now there is a possibility, since we are five days later, that they are all sold out. So the monkey may have just sent you on the goose chase. That that just breaks your heart completely. Somebody out there is like ready and raising, and they're like, oh, my God, they just listened to the podcast, and they're like, holy shit, I'm going to go to the website right now, and I'm going to get a fucking DeLorean. And there's not going to be a DeLorean to be had. Why? Because the monkey delivered news five days late. What's up with that? Well, I wasn't actually going with the oh, DeLorean. Sorry. What I was trying to go with is, <laughs> yes, the, uh, is that Target is supposed to be coming out with the Elvira. This is supposed to be Target exclusive of Elvira 40th anniversary figure. Okay, unfortunately, oh, it's going to be a cloth figure. It's, it's not going to be an ultimate. Yes. <laughs> yes, not, not the Dorian news. I, I figured as much, so we were skipping that. But, you know, but you <laughs> may be able to sit there and get the exclusive Elvira thing. Also, uh, if you, again, go to the Talking Terror Facebook page where NECA has released news that they are also now 
going to be releasing a Matt Hooper Jaws figure to go along with your other cloth figures <laughs> that you've already acquired <laughs> for Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Uh, spit is not, not included for the mask. You have to sit there and provide your own spit, just like on prom night. All right. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Didn't have Glide back then. <laughs> Hell no. They didn't have no damn Google Glide. But fuck it, you don't that use that shit anyway. anyway. <laughs> 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 but, but also, you know, yeah, yay, you know. Uh, uh, the new line for two Elvira's will be... Does the Elvira toy uh, what? come with, like, re- does the Elvira toy, the Elvira figure, I'm sorry. I know, toy, toy isn't the right word. Does the Elvira figure come with, like, real feel, texture, hot dogs? Did, this is not one of those. This, this is not one of those funky anime figures, <laughs> like I used to have. No, uh, no. <laughs> and and yes, those figures really do exist in real life. They're scary as fuck. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, they're really fucking freaky. Um, <laughs> but also coming soonish uh, is the new line of Toonie Terrors, where th- this time they are going hocus pocus themed, where you can sit there and. Get yourself your very own Bette Midler figure. Yay. Oh, there you oh, go, monkey. No, but, you know, I'll get off. Dream come true. <laughs> yeah. but, but I do know that, you know, there are obviously fans out there, like we talked about when we covered it on the show. But, yes, you will be able to get Toonie Terror versions of the Sanderson sisters along with Billy Butcherson. Not Billy Butcher, somebody completely different. <laughs> Billy Another Butcher's boy. son. <laughs> I'm excited for a minute. I'm like, wait, hold on. They're going to put a Bill Butcher <laughs> freaking toy in with, 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 uh, with that movie series? That would be great. Some wacky that would be awesome if he if he shows up <laughs> in the next Hocus Pocus movie. And they try the to raise Billy Butcher. I never knew I needed <laughs> they try to raise, they try to raise Billy Butcher's head again, and then Billy Butcher pops out of the grave. Like he's just like, yeah, not this time, bitches. <laughs> His Hello. eyes start Hello, fucking glowing coach. and shit. <laughs> there you go. Witches. <laughs> no, there's only one man who says fucking witches, and that's Jeff Bridges. That, that's that's a, a movie for another time. It is. Yeah. yeah. A good one. But yeah, one for another time. So yeah, and also they have the the Halloween three tuning terrors, the pumpkin, the witch, and the skeleton coming up as a three pack. So you gotta say that's the one I'm gonna be looking for. It's gonna be a hell of a lot cheaper than that other three pack, man. Shit, that one's like two hundred bucks. <laughs> oh yeah, like, well that's you know, and they're cloth figures too, which fuck that. So that's why I haven't bought it yet. Yeah. I was like, I'll just wait for the tuning terrors. And I'll get those. And but yeah, so yeah, Holothon is still going on. If if you're lucky, because the targets around here suck ass. You know anything? Oh jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah. We are like, in the I see wrong all these great pictures. market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see all these great pictures of people like, oh, I found the Ash figure. I found the Elvira figure for a hundred dollars. Yeah, Holothon. Wee wee. I was like, yeah, not around here. Not in bumfuck Pennsylvania, where they're like, we don't like your figures. No, we like Terminator <laughs> and the Predator. Yeah, you want Terminator, Predator, Aliens, or fucking Back to the Future figures. That's what our fucking targets have. You, know, that's you are set. <laughs> none, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. none of the other shit. Like, 
Like, because, again, like the king, you know, I was like, you know, seeing people online, you know, scored the werewolf, American werewolf in London. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's ridiculous. But, I mean, it's, you know, for the collector in you, it sucks. But at the same time, you know, like there was a guy online earlier who bought one of the ultimate ashes and he was like, I'm not crazy about it. Kind of looks like shit. I'll I'll trade. I was like, okay, well, what are you looking for? He's like, well, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was like, I got all of them from NECA. Which one do you want? He's like, did you take it out of the box? I said, yeah. He goes, ah, I'm not interested. Now, shut up. Uh-huh. You can put it back in the box. You can put it back in the box. <laughs> they came out. They can go back in the same way. I like my figures to breathe. Thank you. I like them to have a life outside of the box. You heathen. <laughs> I am. But I saved all the boxes and all the accessories. It's not like it's just out of the box and it's in my home. Go right back in. Nope. He's like, you're taking it out. Lost all credibility. And I was like, oh, great. He's one of those collectors. Dude, I, no, I know she... they're out there. And, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. They're, 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 look, you know what? Again, that's that's just the whole value thing uh, of the collectors. And, you know, I, I get mm-hmm. it, too, with all the, uh, all the all the different various, like, poster prints and stuff like that. They, you know, different ideas on how to store them, different ideas on how to frame them, different ideas on how to flatten them, this and that. And it's like, you know what, man? Like, yeah, okay. I, I feel it. I get it. They are absolutely, they're fucking beautiful works of art. But at the same time, you know, I only have so much money, so there's only so many things I'm going to be able to do. So cheap, <laughs> yeah. cheap frames and fucking, you know, stone bookmarks are, are my flatteners, man. And that's just uh, just that's mm-hmm. how it's going to be. Yeah. My only piece yeah, of advice no, I... is ju- just hang them in places where they don't definitely don't get direct sunlight. Just because, you know, cheap frames definitely are not UV protected and it'll... Uh, you know, c- cause your stuff to fade and dry out. That's it. This this is my house, man. There ain't no fucking direct sunlight anywhere in here. Man. This whole house has <laughs> got fucking this like overhangs and shady banks and fucking trees all around, man. You know, the, the only room that gets direct sunlight is the living room, and that doesn't go above halfway up the wall. So, because by the time the sun comes up high enough, it's coming at a downward angle anyway. So, I am good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh oh. So that's all the. Oh, there he is. No, I'm here. I was Jeez, just making sure that was silence. all. That's... So professional. I was trying to transition and say, <laughs> "Is that good? Uh, are you good?" And there you have it. Do a little dean, and there you have it. <laughs> so it's not 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 quite dry enough. You know, not dry. No, no. Not, not... Not it was anything. too happy. Not, it was too peppy. Not sleepy. Definitely way too peppy. Without a doubt. Yeah, it was, it was too peppy. Mimic, it's hard to mimic the dream. No, you can't. You know? Yeah, you can't because it's like you try to, but then you just realize that you just, you're kind of psyched on life, and you're just like, ah. Uh, and there you have it. No, no. And there you have it. Yeah, that's it. Got it. That's a take. <laughs> Fiona! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yell at that girl in real life. I didn't yell at that little girl. I'm telling you. I just, I, I thought of it, but I didn't. Is that why you changed school? No. I'm not being there anymore. <laughs> when I, yeah, I mean, it's just, we're, we're always going to beat up on them about that now. Anytime I talk to them, I'm going to be like, is that why you changed school? But that's for another conversation. Uh, so, 
Uh, before we get into our news, I did went and go see X uh, last Saturday, the new Ty West movie. Oh. I'll keep it short. Uh, it, it was great. There was plenty of people in the theater. I think that they got it. They vibed with it, you know, laughing at the right parts and, and kind of being creeped out at certain parts. Soundtrack was, you know, just fantastic. Um, the, the gore, when it hits, it works. I mean, it, it channeled a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, a lot of Eaten Alive, the Toby Hooper Killer Croc movie. Um, trying to think. There's just so many other movies that it, it, it tagged in there. Like Boogie Nights is definitely a huge influence because they're trying to make this gorilla porno movie, you know, in this barn, uh, The Farmer's mm. Daughters, which was also a movie from 76, directed by Zebedee Colt. That is a fucking insane porno from the early 70s that if you get to check out, you'll enjoy. But, uh, yeah, they were trying to channel all these different things. But if you're not used to Ty West, I'm going to tell you right now, just get used for a slow burn because Ty West likes to get you there. You know, he likes a little bit of the foreplay. He likes to tickle your butthole a little bit, get you a little bit excited for that third <laughs> act. You know, he doesn't want to get you there. He doesn't want to make you pop right away. Like, you know, he's going to make you enjoy that climax when it hits. And when it hits, it hits. And Mia Goth was just fantastic in, in her roles in the movie. And, yeah, it, just, it channeled all that. I mean, the only complaint I had was that they included Don't Fear the Reaper in the movie and the soundtrack. And I'm just so tired of that song. Like, if, I feel uh, like everybody has to use that song. Like, we get it. It was cool on Halloween. You know, it, yeah, it's kind of a good song for a soundtrack. But yeah, there's so many other songs in the 70s that you could use other than uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. So I was like, eh, they could have gone a different direction with that. But they did use Mojo Jerry's in the summertime. So, yeah, probably. But like I said, they did use Mungo Jerry's in the summertime, and I was like, that's a good hit. That's a good one. I'll take that. That's, that's totally totally perfect use. But there was just some scenes where I'm like, I'm watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, the guy that directed the one that we just watched recently, he should have fucking just reached out to Ty West, and he's like, hey, man. How do you make this like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie? Now, don't worry about it, buddy. I got you. Because I actually watched the movie. <laughs> so let's just take some angles that Toby Hooper used. Let's use a van. Let's make it really sweaty and disgusting. You know, they shot it in New Zealand, but it looks like Texas. So that's definitely appreciated. But, uh, yeah, and if you want to see it... Brittany Snow show up her tits and be hot, you're in for a good ride, boys. Like she has no problem whipping them out and just going, ah. I was like, oh, okay. Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect? All right. This is kind of nice. It, is it one oh, of those nice. movies where you, you have to be on the inside joke uh, like you were talking about to appreciate it, or is it just uh, pretty well written where it's just enjoyable for anybody? Um, I think it really helps if you like 70s exploitation movies because it definitely goes in that direction. Um, I would suggest watching at least Texas Chainsaw Massacre before you go watch it. And also being in the know about 70s porn, you know, and how it was a lot of guerrilla kind of style filmmaking and how the, the actor that plays TJ, who is the film director making the porn in the movie, he's just like Jack from uh, Boogie Nights, where he's like, I'm making a movie. Like, I'm not just making a porno. I'm making a movie. Like, you know, we're going to have great angles and we're going to have different things going on and a great story and a great, you know, action set piece and trying to do all these things while it's just a low budget porno movie that they're, they're shooting in a, a little house behind a farm that's run by a very elderly, creepy old man and his wife that, uh, yeah, she, uh, she's something. The, the old woman who just needs to get fucked. 
and boy, how. Oh, my. She oh. just wants to get that D, and uh, she just wants to get it. So the, the owner warns them to stay away from his wife, keep clear, but no, nope, she just needs to get hot, you know, and you're going to see some pitch you want to see, and you're going to see some pitch you definitely wish you never did see. So oh, Mitzelmar. Mitzel, oh, Mitzelmar flashbacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, they have yeah, uh, the rapper turned actor Kate Gunny in the movie, and he's great in the movie, but you want to see him hang brain at some point in this movie because they're showing all these tits and ass and pussies. Never once do they show full frontal on the dude. And I was like, come on. Like, you know, just whip around, and you want to see that hog leg and be like, yeah, we're in a porno movie now. No, they just show him from behind. They show his ass cheeks a lot. So I was like, ah, kind of a cheat. You know, all the girls have to show their stuff, but the guy, once again, not showing it. Yeah. yeah. And and once again, man, here we talk about, you know, uh, you know, because you and I have talked about this, you know, in the past, King, is, you know, come on, man, do some equal opportunity. Do some fan service mm-hmm. for the ladies in the audience, you know, and, you know, put it out there. You know, don't be yeah. shy, you know. <laughs> I, I don't understand this whole thing about how it's still – taboo just to show dicks in cinema. I, I, I just don't fucking get it. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, see the ass your, a lot, but you don't see the front. Yeah. Watch Euphoria. Yeah. You'll see a lot of dick. Lot oh, of yeah. Dick. Euphoria, more, definitely, but uh, more dick yeah, than you figure by now. <laughs> you figure you're making a movie about the making of a porno film that at some point you're going to see some dick, and no, never happened. Like, they just focus on the women, but otherwise, I mean, it's otherwise it's just a, a great movie. It just, I think it's going to help people if they've seen 70s exploitation. You know, like uh, A Touch of Satan, there's a couple homages to, and uh, Lisa Lisa, a lot of backwoods horror type stuff. Um, but, yeah, when, when they get to the killings and all the murders, it's like, yeah, no, we're, we're in for a good time. A lot of influences by Fulci with a lot of the up-close angles. Ah, so definitely, okay. like, I, like I said through, you know, Messenger, I was just – Fucking so impressed because I'm a huge fan of, of 70s exploitation and even like the early days of, of golden age of porn when it was just like, holy shit, how are we going to make this? And just a lot of mustaches and a lot of hair and just a lot of fucking disco. <laughs> like you a could just fucking taste the cocaine on the film. Like, that's the stuff that I like. Mm. <laughs> like you I know, that film okay. starts and all of a sudden it's just winter wonderland. Just Johnny mountains of cocaine. <laughs> So yeah, so I would, and it's doing well at the box office as I saw. I mean, it's it's you know not exactly taking a back seat. So I don't know how many theaters are running it. Not a lot are around here. I managed to find one. So but and the theater was actually halfway decently packed. I was kind of surprised for a, a first showing at 11:45. I was like, there's not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of I, glad I'm about that. Su- I, yeah, I'm also just like you. Uh, you know. Uh, surprised by the amount of screamings that I'm, you know, finding out there talking about, you know, actually going to t- take the time to check this out and, um, you know, enjoying the vibe of it. And, then, you know, because they're usually, you know, younger viewers asking, okay, you know, I really dug this, you know, what other films can we check out in the same kind of vein? You know, so at least it's getting, you know, people interested in older horror. So cool. I hope, you know, I definitely hope. You know, because I've, I'm always a sucker to recommend 70s uh, horror and exploitation. So we'll see. Also, um, if you do go see the movie, uh, wait until the end credits because at the end there's a trailer for the prequel movie called Pearl, which is going to be coming out hopefully soon. It's already done. It's in the can. Ty is just kind of waiting for the right time to release it. 
hoping that X kind of makes a couple extra dollars and he could release it in theaters. But uh, Pearl is set in 1919, and it follows the, the original characters in the movie The Old Couple. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, hopefully, when it comes out. But, yeah, oh, so, so it's make a sure prequel to X? Yep. Yeah, it's a prequel to X called oh. Pearl, and it's all about the old couple and how they became so twisted and dark and weird. Um, but, yeah, it's a period piece. takes place in 1919. Oh, okay. Okay. So really looking forward to that. And, and uh, he wants to make it a trilogy. So he wants to make X and then Pearl, then another X movie. So we'll see. I mean, it, the potential is there. I mean, there. There's a lot of story left at the end that I think they could pick up and make it much one more, kind of close it out as a trilogy. But we'll see. Um, so, yeah, moving on to what I got to talk about tonight. I'm going to kick it off with, of course, uh, the show's, you know, national treasure, Nick Cage himself. Because, as you know, I'm uh, a huge Rage Cage fan. Uh, <laughs> So earlier today from Entertainment Weekly, two images were released from Renfield, the officially now known horror comedy that's going to be coming out in 2023 where Rage Cage plays Dracula. So they released the two pictures of him in a red suit, kind of plush velvet, you know, pale skin, long nails, gold rings. I almost thought it was John Travolta at first glance because I was like, there's a bare resemblance, but now it's... Oh my God. (laughs) That crushed velvet, holy shit. <laughs> Looks good on him. But, yeah, you know, just, he, he's, he's playing that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm just glad they're finally admitting, you know, hey, we're doing a horror comedy, here it is, you know. Just because, you know, again, again, from the casting calls and, or casting choices that they were making, it was just like, oh, this thing, it's got to be a fucking comedy, man. There's no way they're going with these people and trying to make a serious movie. You know, so they're admitting it. All right, cool. You know, let's have yeah. fun, yeah, let's was, enjoy the ride, and mm-hmm. see how weird it can fucking get. <laughs> and and I just hope that he embraces the role and has fun with it. Um, I know that – he. I mean, he's been getting interviewed a lot. There's another one I want to get to, but uh, he was interviewed recently about the roles that he's taken where at one point he was just taking anything that goes and he was because he had all that debt. And he said, yeah, I took anything that came across my plate. He's like, but at the same time, I put my heart into those. Like, it's not like I just phoned it in. He's like, I needed to make that money. I needed to do it. So, you know, I did it the best I could. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, fuck it, I'll take a paycheck. So kind of cool to see him just basically saying, you know, I'm an actor. And, you know, I don't take these roles because I just need the money, which I do. But at the same time, yes, I take he it does. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you know? he's, got, he's, got the, they, he's got those dinosaur bones he's got to pay for. <laughs> yeah, he's got that pyramid that he's still making payments on. I mean, that's not cheap. You know, once you get that, you know, you kind of set for life. Paying for that, but anyway. I'm sorry. Uh, so pyramid. What? Yeah. He bought a. Yeah, he bought time. a pyramid. Yeah, yeah. A couple of years ago, you know, he wanted to buy a pyramid, and that's kind of what led to the downfall of him having massive debt, because he was just fucking buying everything that he could possibly find, whether it was bones, whether it was the mansion in Louisiana uh, that was haunted by a bunch of slaves and the slave owner that lived there, that was like an American Horror Story uh, season. He bought that, and, uh, yeah, he was trying to buy a pyramid at one point. Wow. And his accountant <laughs> okay. was like, dude, you, you can't do that. And he was like, I'm Nicholas Cage. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, no, you can't. Like, you need to have money in the bank. You have something that you don't have. And he's like, oh, okay. I make exactly. movies. Guess I, <laughs> yeah. Guess I should what are you talking start about, man? making I, money. I'm Blade. Blade don't pay no taxes. Shut up, <laughs> Nice to meet you, really, vampire. <laughs> hey, that guy was making some smart choices for a while, you know, just saying fuck the <laughs> government, but then eventually caught up to him. 
<laughs> uh, he couldn't, you know. But he's he's coming back. You know, Wesley Snipes is, is slowly making a comeback. You know, over time, he's not going to be Blade again. You know, but still, he's just making a comeback. He might have a cameo as like Blade Junior or something like that in the next one. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> Yeah, even if it's just yeah. for a few minutes, they can have them fighting back to back with you know my Ali. Uh, yeah, Mayor Mayor Shala, cool. uh, I think it's fucking yeah. rad, man. Yeah, that would be very yeah. fucking cool. Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean I'm uh the whole Nick Cage thing. I I you know I don't know what you guys were thinking when when they originally were were putting it all together, but I remember at some point or another saying the sounds. Like it's comedic. Now, I do think Nick Cage is going to look at the role and he's going to play it with the exact amount of serious needed for the role in a comedic setting. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think we're going to get an an over-exaggerated style of Dracula, but I don't think we're going to get Nick Cage goofy. I think we're going to get him portraying this in in a really interesting way. So uh, I'm sure he can make it fun. I'm sure he's going to make it funny. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm certainly – I you know what? Them saying it's now a horror comedy, I'm more looking forward to the film than I was prior. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can I'm, definitely – okay. Go ahead, Mikey. Oh, I was going to say, I could definitely see Nicolas Cage being the straight man – for this movie, while everyone else is just being silly around him. Oh um, yeah, you know I could definitely see that. I could see him playing it straight, but then like also in my head, I could see him dancing around in that red suit to "Mama Told Me Not to Come" by Three Dog Night, while his bride dances around him and he's clapping and he's swaying his hips around the room, wearing sunglasses. You know, like, I was like, I could see that too. Like, I could see him playing it both ways. You know, he could play it serious or he could play it a little silly. I mean, we'll see. You know, I, th- I think that, it, again, I wanted that casting choice when I heard that announcement. Like, yes, Cage is going to be Dracula um, for it. I don't care if it's a comedy. I don't care if it's serious. I just I think that that's a role that he wanted to do, and he's going to do it. Um, but speaking of roles that he wants to do, that he has yet to do, aside from Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, uh, he, also an interest, <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. he also expressed an interest in playing – uh, the Batman villain Egghead. He wants to play that villain in a Batman movie. Since <laughs> Batman is back with the Batman. He saw the Batman 60s show and he saw Vincent Price's Egghead and he's like, I want to do that, but I want to do it fucking dark and terrifying. My, his door is open, WB, and he's ready to play oh, Egghead. Geez. How the fuck do you play Egghead dark and demented? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I would love to see the Man. attempt. <laughs> like I would, I honestly would. I would love to see the attempt. Like I know they could do funny. Like James Gunn does a great job doing funny, but I would love to see like the dark side of those characters. Like Tight Man, hell yeah. Oh shit, he's dark now. Like, did you hear the bass in his voice? No, like, you can't do that to Tight Man. <laughs> <laughs> Just come swooping in with the heads of gangsters in a bag. Somebody wants some head. Oh shit, he even has dark one-liners. <laughs> oh man, no! <laughs> I mean, you just have saying, a like, you know, just... bunch of people, and, and 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 it's dark. You know what I mean? That's that's all yeah, it's gonna take. All... You know, you you yep. take the same character, you know, with all of his intelligence, and you have him kill like a school full of fucking children. You know, and suddenly <laughs> Egghead, Egghead 
You know what I mean? Have it have it done with like Easter eggs that are bombs mm-hmm. planted throughout the entire school. But instead of like the typical Batman sixty six where Batman and company saved the day by fucking, you know, doing this or doing that, uh, instead the school blows the fuck up. A bunch of children die, and you have a very, very, very different fucking perspective of the Eggman, char- Eggman character. Batman just beating up. Where are they, Egghead? Where are they, Egghead? I'll tell you. And then you have and then you also have uh, slow motion Nicolas Cage walk away from the school as it's blowing up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, copying like Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, where he's walking oh, out of the hospital in the nurse's that, outfit. When he's fucking waddling out with the fucking nurse's outfit, <laughs> he stops to, to knock the trigger a couple times because the shit didn't fucking blow all the way. And then it does, and he kind of, like, you can see he gets startled by it because he kind of, like, jumps forward a little bit. It's fucking great. This is this great fun. Yeah, you know what? I don't know how the hell that scene came about. I don't know if that startled reaction was, like, an actual real reaction and they kept it or if that was just him performing. Whatever the fuck it was, it worked beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was it was so good. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean you could do anything, man. I would love to see a Condiment King evil character show up, just killing people with poison, mustard, and ketchup. I'm gonna <laughs> kill you with ketchup. Try the mustard, that man. No, no. <laughs> Gotham Police checking out the crime scene. What is that blood? No. <laughs> Good God, who could possibly do this? Damn you, Condiment King! Like, that would be fucking so tits. I would pay money right now and see that. Mustard. <laughs> brown, baby, brown. No! Not the spicy brown, Condiment King, you bastard! Look what you did to Damn it! <laughs> okay. So for any of us to possibly see this uh, uh, shitty-ass uh, Robert Pattinson sequel, it has to have the worst Batman villains ever. <laughs> I mean, it, they, they could. They could do it, and uh, yeah, it's fine. But we'll see what happens. But anyway. How good um, was it, personally? You know what, man? Again, I've said it for years. It. Let's, let's, start, let's start exploring some of these other characters in these comic book fucking worlds, you know? Give us different villains besides Joker, Penguin, you know, fucking Two-Face. We've only seen them now like four or five fucking times. So, so well, maybe three or four. But still, let's, let's, let's get something different here. You know, let's get us, uh, let us get some Kite Man. Let us get some Condiment King. <laughs> I want Robin. I love you, Batman. Not, not <laughs> boy shorts. You know, I, I Ooh, want him nice. in like an action. Like, let's get Robin out of the tights and uh, and give him something like real. Let's have Batman versus fucking. You want him in that, that tight B- rubber BVR? You know. Yeah, you want him in that <laughs> tight rubber like uh, Schumacher did when he showed his ass cheeks, like in uh, Batman and Robin. <laughs> I'm gonna break the fucking beginning of that movie with all the close-up shots of fucking their dicks. <laughs> fucking so crotch shot, crotch shot. Do you want to see a crotch shot? Here's an ass, nipple. Man, it wasn't even orgasmo. <laughs> he couldn't. The, the suit was too tight. <laughs> yeah, you could just see him shaking his ass up and down. Is the clapping yet? Robin, is the clapping yet? No, Batman, no. 
Come on, damn you. <laughs> Alfred Wilson, he's up. Batman's got to make a clap. I'm afraid to. Oh, he did it. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to find a way to stare at George Clooney's dick all day long. Close up, please. George, if you could just turn around and cough for me, please. Is this really part of the movie? Yes. Yes. It's when Bruce visits the doctor. And I play the doctor. So, yeah, let me cuff him and cough. <laughs> well, okay. No? Um, Again? Okay, where's the camera? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, behind, it's behind the wall because, uh, you know, I'm experimenting with different angles and stuff like that. Yeah, just shut up, please, and just, you know, give me another hearty cut like Batman. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Ooh, who's excited? Let's see those bat balls. Is that a battering so, in your pocket, or are you just happy to see this? No, that's just the credit card that they gave me for some reason. Yeah, I never leave home without it. Batman got an express card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they can't write they a check for Spider-Man, Bat- but, they can, but they can give Batman his own credit card. <laughs> he went into that bank wearing that express. suit, and he's like, oh, excuse me, I'd like to apply for a credit card at the Gotham City Bank. Batman, really? Do you need one? Oh, you know how, how just expensive it is to be Batman. So uh, just go ahead and run the check. Uh, uh, do you want your real name? Or... <laughs> nope. Uh, Lisa, you tried to get me again, didn't you? You'll never know who I am. I'm the Dark Knight. <laughs> I am the Knight. I am Tinker. <laughs> credit card, please. I am free of credit. <laughs> but anyway, got to move away from Batman because we could talk about that all night. Trust me, we could. But anyway... The uh, monkey brought up uh, Hocus Pocus earlier, and as we know, Hocus Pocus 2 is going to be coming out this October, uh, just in time for Halloween on Disney+. Plus. So if you're like one of those fans out there, like the monkey, who's like, I need my Hocus Pocus 6 this Halloween, and I hope everybody's back, ready to return to Salem. Well, unfortunately, I got bad news. Thor Birch is not returning to the movie. Uh, She will not be reprising her character as little girl number two. I don't remember the character's name, so that's what I call her. Um, she decided that she had a scheduling conflict with the Wednesday Adams project uh, that Tim Burton is doing over on Netflix. But then again, she had another issue with that and backed out of that project as well. So you're not going to see her either, unfortunately, and, and uh, wishing Thor Birch the best uh, as far as whatever she's going through. And, and hopefully Maybe she's going to be in the new Dungeons and Dragons movie. Since that's so well <laughs> yeah, apparently there's another one coming out. Thanks, uh, Ghoul. He's like, 2023, baby? And I was like, wow, okay. I had no idea. I was like, okay. I, honestly, I was yeah. like, cool. That's, uh, I didn't know. It can't go wrong. But, it's it's fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah, it worked so well the last time they tried to do this. <laughs> hey, it could work because they have Chris Pine Tower now. The last time they did it, man, you know what? It was, it was at a time in which they believed that any kind of fantasy movie that needed to be made needed to be made with that whole idea of bringing real-world people into the fantasy world. So, like, you know, you and were never getting a Mortal full... Mortal you were, you were never getting a full-on commitment to that world. Peter Jackson showed us with the fucking Lord of the Rings movies that, you know what? Fuck that. Commit to it. Give us something great, and you know what? The fans will be there, and the money will follow. Um, will yep. Do I think that the new Dungeons & Dragons movie is going to achieve anything near that? Probably not. 
I'll be happy if it's as bad in a good way as, as the Warcraft movie. And I would be completely thrilled with it. But I am sure there are many D&D fans out there that really want to see, like, a serious fantasy movie that at least somewhat takes place in the realm of, you know, D&D. Um, I don't know how they You're do it, but, you know, it's there. I am your dungeon master, and welcome to the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're trying to make a property based on a game, and like that's just uh, as we've seen for how many years now. You just never really get good properties when it comes to games, video games, board games. No. It doesn't matter. You know, look at Battleship. Oh, yeah, oh my god. But, oh geez. Yeah, but but. The thing is, Dungeons and Dragons, the world is so fucking big. You know, there's so many realms upon realms upon realms. You know, it's really, really hard to fucking narrow down just a story when you're talking also about a game that's built on storytelling. You know, where everyone is telling their own stories and everyone, you know, has their own quest that they're going on. And it's just how do you fucking nail down a story for a world like that that's welcoming to everybody? Well, that's the idea, you know what I mean? It's not just, it's not even just mm-hmm. the world. I mean, the, the the world portion of it is the easy part. You know, you could just pick any number of the, the locales and the locations and the and the realms that are used within the, the overarching stories that are created. The problem is, is it's, it comes down to the characters, you know, and mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons is all about creating your character. That role-playing style is all about if whether or not you want to get into it, if you really want to commit to it. It's not about established characters. Now, there are, you know, there's the Forgotten Realms and Driss Duarden and, and, you know, Bruner the King and all these other characters that are all been fully established as non-playable characters and they have their own lives and all this other stuff that goes on. I read the books. I enjoy them very much. Um... But those stories, too, are already told stories. So it's kind of like you find this weird fucking, this weird place in which you can't necessarily take something based off of the established stories because people aren't going to be happy to see that. But you also can't give them something completely, something that doesn't make any sense either because they're not going to be fucking happy with that. Look at the G.I. Joe franchise. You had two movies both of which tried to go in extremely different directions. The first one, hey, who is G.I. Joe? We are G.I. Joe. We're going to dress our people up, you know, in suits, because that's how G.I. Joes are fucking as badass as they are. We're not going to give you any of those cool characters that you watched in cartoons. No, 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 no. These are going to be real people in suits, and they're going to be badass Joes. Well, that movie fucking flopped, so what did they do? They overlapped an almost Transformers-style route. We're going to give you the rock as roadblock, motherfucker. We're going to kill the other guys that you saw in the previous movie right in the fucking beginning, and nothing really going to carry over right except for Cobra. Why? Because Cobra's the only cool part of those fucking movies. So, yeah, you know what? Give me the villain movie and we're good to go. <laughs> Give me a Cobra movie. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Yeah, oh, here we go. You're gonna there. Yeah, I was going to say, there we go, talking about the intro for the fucking cartoon movie. <laughs> and it was the most boss intro ever. Cobra! Dude, it was. It, dropping it, in the parachutes. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, it dude. Was, I, uh, I always wanted to be Cobra when I was a kid. I was like, they have the fucking cool uniforms. They're all a bunch of badasses. You have Cobra Commander. Now I've got you, G.I. Joe. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, he's so cool. Like, he know, just wanted that. King just wanted that fucking Cobra Commander hood with the silver face. You know what I mean? Like that—that's all he yeah, wanted. Yeah. 
It was the coolest fucking shit ever. And he just, I just wanted to be Castro. That's because you wanted to nail the Baron. That's because you wanted to nail the Baron. Baron. Exactly. All about that. That raven hair, those glasses, man. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, la, la. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck Lady J. <laughs> she just go, oh, went yeah. around looking like a dyke. <laughs> Scarlet was kind of hot, man. You know what? I actually remember, like, mm-hmm. I remember getting my Scarlet toy. Like, I had gotten it for, like, you know, like, my, my mom, I guess, had no... No, no cash on hand. I had lost a tooth, so so it was one of those in which the tooth fairy left me a toy instead, and it was the, the Scarlet That's G.I. Joe awesome. finger. I was like, "Whoa! I got a girl yeah, yeah, toy. Exactly. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking G.I. Gangbang Galore, man. These fucking guys are gonna go." <laughs> As, as especially, especially all the points of articulation they fucking had. Oh hell yeah. You can do anything you want with those. The little rubber band waists and shit. I'm like, I'm gonna tangle them together and then make, I'm gonna make the fucking Thundercats fuck her too, man. No, they have to watch. Give me your pants. They don't bro. get to join in. Chitara, <laughs> <laughs> get over there. I know you want to get in on this, but nope. This is just a GI Joe. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, Chitara, I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally got to be about that. Especially since, again, episode one, everyone was fucking nude, including Chitara. So, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. I, I, I'm not arguing it. I'm just saying, you know, when a G.I. Joe orgy, she has to watch. She can only watch. She can only enjoy from so far. Because <laughs> she's too powerful. She'll take them all out in just one thrust. <laughs> you, know, you want it to last a little bit. You know, poor fucking what? Like, come on, that's poor like, Wiley Kit, Wiley like, Cat are like diddling, diddling themselves up in a tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's Starfish when you get Katara and Shira together, and you're just like, hey, ladies, get together, and they're like, oh hell yeah, and it's gonna be weird because they're muscular, but also kind of hot too. It's like, oh, there's just a lot of sweat. <laughs> well, I mean, these days we got to get Kila involved too. I, I, you know, here's oh, here's the yeah. question. You know, did did any of you guys? Because I know I still have it, but has anybody here watched the other half of that He-Man cartoon series? Not yet. Nope. No, not yet. No, I know, I I know it's out. I just haven't watched it. What? I didn't even know they finished it. I I, th- I thought yeah, they, they put uh, out the second half. Yeah, oh like, shit! Yeah, okay. Ago. All right. Well, that's definitely going on my fucking watch list then. Check out the heaven. Okay, so we're gonna check out the second half of the Kevin Smith He-Man cartoon, and then we're all gonna sit there and do this because I didn't know it was even fucking released. I thought it was in a uh, COVID limbo. So awesome. No, no. Yeah. Oh no. But yeah, no. I had it on my watch list for a while too, and I was like, oh shit, second part's out. Cool. And then I'm like, oh, there's something else on. I just yeah, I, I remember at one point or another, like remembering it, and then I forgot yeah. that it came out, and then I remembered again. Like literally, <laughs> like it's it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it doesn't exist in my head until I think about right. it, and then just as soon as the show <laughs> ends tonight, I'm probably not going to think about it again, and it will no longer exist. Nope. <laughs> yep. Until the monkey's like, "Hey guys, did you watch the second half yet?" I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'll be like, All "Oh right. fuck!" Hey, I forgot about that. that. 
<laughs> but, but, well, well it's also weird because we we have this apparently the second half of that, but then we also have that other shitty ass He Man cartoon that came out around you know at the same time as the second half, and there's a toy line for that one as well. And I was checking out those action figures. I was like, holy shit, those look like fucking shit. <laughs> no, do they? Yeah, I didn't even know that there was another series. Well, yeah, I had no idea either. What's that on? Yeah. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> That's how much you know about it. I don't even know what network it's on. I know it exists. I I, I know it has the horrible action figures to it, man. <laughs> well, there you go. Jeez, monkey. But you're a horror. Thanks, you gotta do your research. Man. Once again. What if we wanted to watch it, know, dude? The information is late. Yeah, what if I wanted to watch it for tonight? Can't even do it because I don't yeah, know where it's on. Thanks a lot, man. Just drop him in the ball. Dude. Yeah, I know. I said the same thing. Um, you know, speaking of continuations of things, oh. uh, Scream 6 is coming out in March of 2023 with filming scheduled to start in June in Canada with at least Courtney Cox returning. Also, Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillette are coming back to direct with Gillette saying that they are not holding back with this one and they're taking a risk-it-all approach. Seems like are you did they? that with part five. Just to, <laughs> just to break in real quick, just to break in and give everybody yep. the info that I know they're sitting on and they're, they're waiting for. Okay. Uh, He-Man and, Ma- he and the Masters of the Universe is also yes. on Netflix. Yep, that is the new theory. And yes, well, it does see, look, now we uh, know. I, I was literally like going to say it, but then the king that, went to... <laughs> yeah. It looks like they went that route with uh, character design of, I have a tiny head, but an extremely over-exaggerated, like, body mass look for oh. the characters. So, yeah, it's uh, it's Makes quite sense. interesting, to say the least. We, sure it does. We, we aren't Pixar, but we really, really want to be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we get that. Um, and so, since later tonight we're going to be talking about Darkman from 1990, Sam Raimi directed that, and he's also directing the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is set to release on May 6, 2022. Marvel's Kevin Feige was doing an interview with Empire Online, and he said, we want it to be a Sam Raimi movie. Of course, because Sam Raimi's directing it. Uh, we would give him notes like, this action is cool, but you're competing with Avengers and Spider-Man. No problem, though. But don't forget the Sam Raimi parts. You will see just how Sam Raimi it is <laughs> in ways that will make fans of the Evil Dead 2 very happy. So it seems like Who Five years like, you're not the Avengers, you're not Spider-Man, <laughs> fuck you. But have fun, though. Do your thing, Raimi. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, okay. Are you insulting <laughs> me or complimenting me? I can't tell. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, that, yeah. We know that you did Spider-Man before, but this is like good Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think part of the problem is like, and, and this was my worry with them hiring Sam Raimi for this uh, for this movie, because um, remember he's not the original director. They had uh, the the guy from the uh, the first film. Was coming back, yeah. but you know, I guess he he wanted to go uh, more horror, and they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't having it. Um, they 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 right. wanted to obviously feel and tie into 
the greater MCU. Um, and, you know, I almost wonder if this is going to end up backfiring on them eventually. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. it hasn't happened yet. You know, No Way Home proved that that, that has done its thing. Um, it is now, yeah. what, the second most money made for, for a fucking movie worldwide? Um, mm-hmm. Beating Infinity War, so now it's only behind Endgame. You know, right. the, 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 when, when the MCU movies first started coming out, you had Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, the Captain America movie. You know, all of these films had their own distinct feel to them. Um, mm-hmm. Almost like their, their comic book brethren, you know what I mean? You read an Avengers comic book, but if you went and read an Iron Man comic book, even though there may be similar things with the character, or you might have people crossing over, you know, an Iron Man comic book read very much like an Iron Man comic, and, and an Avengers mm-hmm. one felt yeah. like an Avengers comic book. Uh, and the movies, when they, they first established this Marvel Universe, they kind of felt similar in that, in that regard. Um, but now, with everything being so fully interconnected, it's almost making it where you can't, you can't sh- go too far outside the boundaries now. And I feel like they're going to start limiting themselves in what these films are going to be able to do and what these films are going to be able to be represented as and what directors creatively are going to be able to do. Uh, is going to be limited by this whole, well, you got to make it so that the movie can still fit into the greater narrative in some way, because it has to. Um, and that, again, I, I think it's going to become problematic. And my, my issue with Raimi is just that his typical cinematic style, like what we saw in Spider-Man, like what we saw in Evil Dead, like what we've seen in Dark Man, which we'll be talking about just in a couple minutes from now. Um, yeah. His filming style, his particular works of camera, um, some of the tricks that he uses, some of the, 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 the way he delivers certain things, it's not going to feel like an MCU movie. Um, so now, now you're going to have a thing here where if this feels like an MCU movie, I'm going to feel like it's not a Raimi movie. And if it feels like a Raimi movie then it's not going to necessarily fit into the MCU. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of like, uh, I'm getting trepidation. I'm, I'm starting to get nervous about this flick. <laughs> a little bit. You know, especially because they're like, oh, Evil Dead 2 fans, get ready. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> no, don't say that. Yeah, and, and, and that. Uh, unfortunately with the MCU, you know, to piggyback what the cool saying here, is this is what Marvel and DC always do is they shoot themselves in the foot by creating all of these individual properties and getting getting interested in the properties. And once you start to have the fan following, then they start to do the shit of then interweaving everything to the point where you have to watch everything to be able to sit there and get the entire story. It's like, you know, Marvel's doing this, you know, of the individual characters and pulling it into the Avengers stuff. But then with Warner Brothers and DC and DC, they were doing it with the television shows and interweaving the television shows just like the 2000 comics were always doing of overlapping the stories one over top of the other for you to be able to get the grand story arc. And like the ghoul was saying, when you keep doing that, it takes away from the charm of the character that sucked you in to begin with. And you're no longer getting the story of the characters that you fell in love with and you're busy stuck with these grand arc storylines instead of just enjoying 
you know, this month's issue of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, That's I think, crazy. too, if every single movie, you know, you, you, unfortunately, what they have to get back to realizing, and what us, what the fans, too, because let's let's be honest here, part of the reason that they're doing this is in response to how the fans are going to react to certain things. Not every film can be Avengers-level grand, because if every yeah. movie is that big, then it's not going to be special anymore. You know, and what made Infinity yep. War and Endgame so special is everything that built up into it. Everything that made Civil War so special is everything that came before it and led to it. But all of that happened in smaller personal movies that were told, you know, individually by different directors in ways that, that made sense and still were able to be connected. Um Again, we'll, we'll see. I, everything just is starting to feel too big. And, you know, here I am. I'm a big fan. And, you know what, I'm, st- I'm complaining about it. And I feel bad. Now I'm starting to, 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 to feel bad about that. So now, now I feel bad. I'm sorry, Marvel. I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, forgive me, Marvel. Don't leave me, baby. For taking oh, you. I'm oh, sorry. My whole fucking movie collection is going to be wiped all of a sudden, you know? Look at my Xbox. Oh, a thousand plus movies will be gone. I'll be like, oh my god, they're fucking watching me. Is that a Marvel helicopter outside my house? <laughs> you see it, that, Aaron? That, you see it? I'm telling you, it's been following me all day, Aaron. <laughs> it's a helicopter with the Mickey Mouse ears on it. <laughs> and Spider Man flying it. I don't know why. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, before we get into, uh, dark man, uh, one last thing I wanted to bring up for my true crime fans out there. Uh, there's going to be not one, but two limited series based on the murder of Betty Gore at the hands of her friend, Candy Montgomery, which happened on Friday, June 15th, 1980 in down in Texas. Uh, Candy was fucking Betty's husband. Betty's oh. husband got tired of it and said, I want to break this thing off. Candy's like, fuck you. I want that D. So what happened? Candy went over to Betty's house. They had a quote-unquote disagreement, and Candy bashed in her friend's face 41 times with an axe. Claim yourself defense. What? So she claimed self-defense. She went on trial. The lawyers, her defense lawyer was fucking amazing, and she got off. Uh, She was acquitted of that crime. But there's going to be one series on Hulu. Yes, played by Jessica Biel, called Candy. It's going to be a five-episode series. It debuts on May 9th, 2022. And there's also going to be one called Love and Death with Elizabeth Olsen of Scarlet Witch fame, who's going to be playing Candy in that series for uh, uh, HBO Max. So there's going to be two series about that. If you can't wait that long, if you're like, i got to fucking see this now, uh, there's a movie from 1990 called The Killing in a Small Town that starred Barbara Hershey, which was based on that. So, yeah. Sometimes, you know, you got that D that drives women crazy and it leads to murder, and eventually that murderer is acquitted. I can't let you go. All my life, you're haunting me. I love you, stick. So, yeah, so if you want to see something crazy, read up on it. It's a fucking crazy case. Like, you know, Betty's body was so fucked up that they thought that she got shot with a shotgun. Just because our face is just completely mutilated, and they're like, "Oh no, there's blood everywhere, and there's oh, an axe." Oh fuck, that that bad? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. Mhm. 
So it it was crazy. Her water was great, and he was like, "Oh no, Kenya went over," and she was like, "Oh my, I just came over from a conversation." And Betty's like, "Oh, I got an ex," and Kenya's <laughs> like, "Oh my goodness, I have to defend myself," and I'm gonna hit her in the face 41 times. <laughs> and they're like, "Good Man, for us, okay. acquitted." <laughs> One one time is defense. Forty times is a hell of a double tap. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I look at it this way. You know, I, you, we watch movies all the time with shit like that, man. And you know, if I got somebody attacking me uh, to the point that I actually really do feel like my life is threatened, I've said it in a thousand times watching other fucking movies. I'm probably going to hit that person with whatever the fuck it is that I gotta hit them with until they ain't fucking moving anymore. And I can tell you right now, that ain't gonna be one time. That shit's going to be like a straight-up going gorilla on somebody. So, so they may look a little pounded and mutilated, and it's still self-defense, if you ask me. I don't know. What well, and you would also, was, you, know. you also might no, have some d- defensive d- wounds. Uh, Candy didn't have any. So, kind of, you know, what happened? Like, oh, no, she attacked me with an action. I fought back, and I, I defended myself. It's like, where are all the, She's like, quick. you know, scratch marks or whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, Candy watched, she watched the Karate Kid Part 2, okay? She knew how to dodge that fucking thing. That hook came swinging down. It was the axe instead, and she was like, drum technique. But, yeah, so if you want to read up on it, you can. There's a bunch of books about it. It's just it's a crazy case, and that's just two specials about the candies are coming out this year. Uh, but moving on, because we've reached the, the 10 o'clock hour, the movie portion of our show. Tonight it's my pick. We're covering Dark Man from 1990, directed by Sam Raimi. Peyton Westlake, played by William Neeson as a scientist, a segue, who has huh? discovered a way through. Well, unfortunately, I couldn't think of a better one. So Peyton Westlake is a scientist <laughs> who has discovered a way to produce synthetic skin. This could revolutionize skin grafting as we know it, except for one minor glitch. This uh, synthetic skin degrades after 99 minutes of exposure to light. So when all of a sudden you have a bunch of gangsters led by Robert Durant coming in and attacking Peyton over some documents, he's horrifically burned and assumed dead. So in his quest for revenge, Peyton, a.k.a. the Dark Man, is able to take on the appearance of anyone using this synthetic skin, but he only has 99 minutes per disguise. So... Real quick, the only reason I picked this is because the monkey had said he had never seen it. And I was like, I don't know how you could possibly miss Darkman. I mean, it's just, I don't know, I guess just because I'm such a movie fan, and I've seen it so many times, especially because it was on HBO a ton back in the day. I was always able to access it, and plus I just loved the poster as a kid because I honestly thought he was a hero from, like, Marvel, and he's not. It's just all coming from Sam Raimi. But then the ghoul says also, by the way, I've never seen Darkman, so... Two virgins, one show. Let's uh, take our pants off and see what happens uh, when we talk about Dark Man uh, tonight. So, it was V-Cost, cool. what, did you, <laughs> what did you think about Dark Man, Ghoul? First time. First time watching. So, first time watching, man. You know what? Dark Man is one of those that, you know, uh, uh, to, to coin the phrase, it's been on my radar for like ever. And when I say it's been mm-hmm. on my radar for like ever, I mean, I remember when this film came out in 1990, seeing commercials yeah. for it. Shit, I played the NES video game for it. And, <laughs> you know, the, the, the funny thing about NES video games, right, because the way graphics were, which at the time we were all like, holy shit, man, these are the best graphics ever. Video games are never going to get any better than this. There's no way they can ever look any fucking better. They're crazy. And then the Super Nintendo came out, and we were like, holy shit, graphics are never going to get better than this. But anyway, like, 
You know, Dark Man is one of those weird ones where, for whatever reason, I never got to the theater to see it. Um, and, you know, for the life of me, I don't, I almost never remember seeing it in the video store. I didn't have cable at the time, so when we moved to Jersey, it wasn't on cable all the time. Uh, I do believe the sequels were uh, by the time, like, I was, like, you know, tripping balls at the fucking late night and like, hey, what can I watch? And oh, look, there's Die, Dark Man, Die! Um, or fucking uh, whatever the second one was. So, Durant's Revenge. Or the Return, Return of Durant. Durant. Shit. Um, <laughs> but here's the crazy thing about Dark Man. Okay, number one, for all of these years that I have known about this franchise, okay, besides not seeing it, I never knew Liam Neeson is the lead character of this movie series. I never knew. that. I, number one, I didn't know that Liam Neeson was in it. Number two, I didn't know that he was Darkman. The entire time, I've always thought Larry Drake was Darkman. I thought he was the fucking character. You know, because the, well, the, the video game has you, like, putting on the masks. And I remember using the Durant mask the most mm. in the game. I assumed that that meant he was the lead fucking character. I never put two and two together that he wasn't. And his face is just what I always remember seeing with the advertisements, with the trailer. Like, anytime I've seen, like, like I said, anytime I've seen anything for Darkman, I have never seen Liam Neeson involved with any of it. I've seen a character in bandages, and I've seen Larry Drake. So I've just, like, in my mm-hmm. head put two and two together that they're one and the fucking same. So here we are watching this movie, and I'm like, oh, no shit, this guy's the fucking villain the entire time. I thought he was the hero. <laughs> and, oh, look, it's Liam Neeson. Um, you know, look, Dark Man was not disappointing. It's a Sam Raimi movie. It feels like a Sam Raimi movie. It feels exactly like a Sam Raimi movie that falls in between Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Like now I can mm-hmm. see, yep. now I see the missing piece that I didn't know was there. You know, that's the funny part. It's like, you know, because I always wondered, like, why is it that he went so over the top, goofy and comical with Army of Darkness? Now I see where the, the, the middle piece fits. So I, I, look, I didn't hate Darkman. I didn't love Darkman. You know, it had some fun moments, but overall... It's 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 empty. It's 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 a lot of potential that never gets reached. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. monkey. How about you? What did you feel about Dark Man? Uh, this is a movie that is definitely not Batman. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. this, this this movie had so many problems. Um, it's here's the thing: is if you want to watch a comic book style movie, then Give us a comic style movie. If we want to see a Sam Raimi, movie, Sam Raimi movie, then give us a Sam Raimi movie. But this movie was neither fully either one of those. It was neither like fully into comic book realm, and it was neither fully into Sam Raimi realm. It was this weird ass in between the two. And <clears throat> what really got to me was the editing in this film. I mean really, really horrible matting on top of horrible matting on top of horrible matting. I mean, this film looks like a 1980s Presto Magic set. But well, it is 1990. 
so it was maybe 89, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. It's not like it's too far in. This is still pre-Jurassic Park, you know what I mean? So our, yeah. CG, like our computer effects are still kind of low-grade here. Well, I'm Sorry. not even talking about computer effects. I'm just talking about matting, you know, like old-school matting, you know, and, you know, your main characters and your backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. And this could have been a lot less painful if they'd actually cleaned up the film and given the film a really good, polished, finished look to a film. Instead, what was presented as the finished film was what looked like an unfinished director's cut with about the same quality of TV movies that were coming out at the same time. It, you know, and it just it just didn't have that gloss. It didn't have that sheen that I needed to to feel like it was a finished film. And I was just really for, hoping for something more than what was delivered. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I see your point. I mean, I, I I'm a little bit more forgivable, uh, like the ghoul was saying about the fact that it was filmed in '89 and then '90 came out. It's Sam Raimi. It's not like he's got billions of dollars to work with. So didn't age well, effects-wise, of course. I mean, I, I agree. There's some really bad matting in this movie, but I'm just a little bit more forgivable because it's of the time. You know, if this was made, like, a couple of years ago, I'd be like, yeah, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, this movie is just okay. so bad in effects. But, uh, if so, this was yeah, made a couple years ago, everybody okay. would be like, oh, my God, this movie's genius. Look at what they did. It's so artistic. <laughs> the matting is done that way on purpose because don't you get it, man? Don't you get that it's there? to show that the yeah. world is just a veil, man, and it can be pulled away at any time. And she's lonely, man. But no, <laughs> you can't sit there and say it's a product of the time. No, because no, I'm, I'm going to sit there and argue with you here about this one. It's because you can't say the matting is a product of the time, then it didn't work. Because you sit there and go to 1980, Flash Gordon, okay, and the, they used tons of matting. They used the same flowing clouds in the background, and it, the quality is so much better than it is in this thing. So, you know, I'm not going to say it was a product of the time. I, I'm literally going to sit there and say it was just Sam Raimi was stuck with an editing department that didn't know what to do and didn't know how to actually finish the film. Like, I'm not putting this on Raimi because I think he knew what he wanted to make. And he shot what he wanted to shot, but I I think this all got fucked in editing, is what I what I think that happened. Yeah, and there was a lot of issues behind the scenes with this movie, so yeah, got cool. I I I agree to disagree on this one, man. Like I know I yeah, know you yeah. wanna you, you wanna ring true about how great Flash Gordon was, and you know the matte paintings were so much better. I don't know, man. I watch those fucking movies too, and I'm like, look, that looks like hot garbage. Um, <laughs> this dude. You know, I listen. I, you know what? I've never been a fucking Flash Gordon fan. I never will be a Flash Gordon fan. That is a fucking movie and TV series that is just so fucking over the top, cheesy, stupid. Um, just I can't do it. Just I, I cannot. I, I've tried. Believe me. Um, but that being said, you know, with this, I also, like I said, I feel like this falls into the same exact stuff that we've seen Raimi do with The Evil Dead 2 just four years earlier. Um, you know, sure, shit, a decade earlier, he does The Evil Dead. Um, you know, so I, I feel like it's a stylistic choice to kind of go this route with it. I don't think it's so much of uh, an editing snafu where the editor's not doing their job. I feel like he chose to go this stylistic route because it gives it that 
that cheesy Batman 66 vibe. Because like you said, this is definitely not Batman. It's definitely not that movie. It definitely doesn't have a score that sounds exactly like that Danny Elfman score. But it's it's definitely not oh, Batman. Geez. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, God, that score. <laughs> no, I, oh, oh, we know, we know. He cashed the check. Yeah, yeah. You can tell. You can always just tell Elfman's scores because it just sound like Batman's score. <laughs> Every time I see a movie and I see him pop up, like, yep, it's gonna be a lot of brooding Batman sounds. Yeah, yeah. It, it either it either always sounds like Batman or it always sounds like uh, Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, <laughs> it's, one of it's one of those two. <laughs> Whimsical or dark. Yep. Those are the two that you get with uh, Um But in a way, it, it does kind of, like, it's kind of fun when you watch this movie, especially knowing that it's not really attached to Marvel or DC, because it starts out kind of like a comic book Batman movie, where you have uh, Robert Durant showing up at the, the meet with Eddie Black, a fellow gangster in the community, who Black is telling him, you guys got to get the hell out of here, this is my city. And, of course, what happens, all of Durant's crew pops out of nowhere, including Smiley and Skip, Skip with the wooden legs. It's also a fucking Uzi. And just shooting and killing everybody. Black is the only one left alive. And Durant, breaking out his cigar cutter, puts his fingers into these cutters and starts cracking his fingers. Because as you see later on in the movie, this is what Durant likes to do. And he likes to take fingers with his cigar cutter and preserve them in his office. So it's kind of like starting off with showing you this bad guy that we're going to see later on. Like, oh, he's evil. You know, as opposed to Dr. Peyton Westlake, played by Liam Neeson, is just like, I like science, and I like creating things, and I like skin, and, and I love and my I'm little gonna... assistant, Yakutio. <laughs> and I'm going to do a horrible <laughs> job of trying to get rid of my Scottish accent, because, oh, my oh, God, his oh fucking, my God. him yeah, trying to do so his fucking American accent. Man, I was like, dude, yeah. dude, dude just, just stop. Just stop. Oh, <laughs> dude, your oh, accent is no, tight. No, 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 no. <laughs> Here's here's where his accent's having a problem. This movie is a year. This probably was being filmed literally right after he was done with Next of Kin. So mm-hmm. he wasn't yep. okay. just trying to get rid of a Scottish accent. He had <laughs> yeah. Next of Kin. Was bad. It, he was like a southern fucking good old boy <laughs> who had to come up what? to Chicago, I think it was. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. him and Patrick yep. Swayze. Yep. Patrick Swayze's a city oh, it's, cop it's, in Chicago. Who they like? Their one brother gets killed, and fucking this. Uh, you got Liam Neeson coming up out of the sticks, like out of the fucking Louisiana swamps type of sticks, to like come up to Chicago to help get revenge for his fucking murdered sibling. Man, oh, it is one of those like fucking. It's 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 Patrick Swayze, oh. Helen Hunt, yes, Liam Neeson. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. It's a great movie, man. Just just definitely enjoy it. That is also the accent I think he's trying to get rid of in this movie because, yeah, what you get is a fucking mess. I've never really heard of that movie. So he's trying to pull up, like, a Deep South accent in that, in that movie? Yo, yeah. He looks like Brer right. fucking Bear in that movie. I shit you not. He looks like Brer Bear. Okay, from those fucking old fucking yep. timey-wimey yeah. songs of the South books, dude. He, that's what he's he doing. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, he he. It's worse in that movie. Like in this one, it's it's bad, but it's not as bad as the next of ten. Trust me. If you just want to see him <laughs> just try to be a southerner, it's great. But so 
he's creating uh, skin for people that, you know, have need skin grafts and trying to make hands and noses and faces. Um, and it just can't get past the 99-minute mark. So Yakutino, right. his assistant, can't figure it out. He can't figure it out. And then we get introduced to his girlfriend, Julie Hastings, who Frances McDormand fucking kicks the door open with this movie in terms of her accent. When she's trying to act like a 1940s, like, you know, femme fatale. Oh, hey, how you doing there, Peyton? I'm just sitting up here for a glass of wine, and I have a big job in the city, and I happen to be a lawyer at a firm. And he's like, uh, hey, honey, I just was working on the experiment over here. He's like, come lay with me, and let's watch slides. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, 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 like, just fucking nailing that transcontinental accent. Oh, God. The, it was a, in she's going for the lowest lane, you know? Like the 1930s, <laughs> 1940s DC comic book character. Um, yeah, I, you know, this, I'm Ooh, pretty sure she, that, she was, nice like, quoted as, as saying, like, this is the... Uh, this is the only movie in which she's played a floozy, uh, which is funny. You know? like, I think of Frances McDormand, and she's, like, always old, you know? So it's funny yeah. to hear young yeah. in this, and yet she, she still looks old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a floozy, um, she, she, she wasn't yeah, no. in any way, no. like, you know, salty, you know, or anything like, like no, that. She, no. she, like I said, I think I remember reading that quote from her. That's what her, yeah. her word was on this. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, she she was just playing a, a you know trying to be a solid girlfriend in this thing, but okay, wow, sorry, King. She's trying to play it like she's a wet towel. Oh yeah, oh completely. It like, was you know, so. Like, uh, yeah, Peyton is kind of sweet and he's kind of nice and everything like that, but then you know you have her who's like I'm a lawyer downtown. And I, I don't have time for you, Peyton. He's like, oh come on, let's get married, and she's like, eh. Psh. Nah, maybe we'll talk about it. He's like, come on. No, 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 not having any of that. But what I love is the fact that you have this whole backstory where Julie finds the Bellisterius memorandum, you know, which could take down a lot of big, important people, including Robert Durant in this undisclosed city. Uh, and that might include her boss, Louis Strack, uh, who is, you know, a developer. And he's like, hey, you know, just do me a favor. Just lose that memorandum. Just forget you ever saw it. It's not that big of a deal. You know, because if you don't, like, bad shit will happen, and I don't want to see that happen to you. And she's like, I have a job to do, because I'm going to be a reporter, too, as well as a lawyer. I'm going to be a double threat in this city. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you're going to... No, we probably shouldn't do that. And immediately, as soon as she's like, no, I'm going to, you know, continue with it, what happens? The fucking lab is broken into. Like, Robert Durant doesn't waste any fucking time. Durant's nope. a fucking closer. As soon as he hears about that memorandum, he's like, I'm going to go find Westlake. Like, not even like a day later. It's like the same night. <laughs> he bursts into, yeah. you know, the lab to take shit over. Um, which we also which find out that in the dark. But which the, unfortunately yeah, also kind of gives us, the, it also gives us the fact that, you know, we know right off the bat that Strack is involved. You know, because there's no way that Durant hears about this this quick otherwise. Right. Right. It's just, it was so fast. It was so quick. Uh, we also uh, see that Ted Raimi uh, plays one of the henchmen, you know, that happens to yes. grab onto Yukito and ventilates him through the head. Ooh, really well done. Right up through the head. I like that. And also uh, Danny Hicks as Skip, the man with the prosthetic leg who was in Evil Dead 2, um, and a couple other Sam Raimi projects. So it's kind of cool to see he's playing with those people. But, yeah, I, just, I love Ted Raimi in this movie because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and it's just Ted Raimi. Like, am I supposed to play this evil 
or am I supposed to play this like I don't want to be here and I'd just rather be anywhere else? Uh, I'll play both. <laughs> How about I do both? Because I got this really cool yeah, gold gun, both. and I'm going to shoot both this is guy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get, you know, the whole uh, one, the, the lab being torn apart looking for the Belisarius memorandum. We have the scene that you would think Bruce Campbell would show up for when Liam Neeson's getting his head bashed into all the glass and being tossed around like a rag doll. Like I could just see him being carried around like this and being thrown around with his hands being burned and by the electrodes and being pushed into the, the boiling fluid. Um, he's and left. Camp, and Campbell is who, Campbell is who yeah. Ramey wanted. Campbell yeah, wanted, Ra- yeah. uh, I mean, Ramey wanted Campbell in his role. Unfortunately, the studios wanted a bigger name. Well, and, and I, I, I think that Liam Neeson plays it better. Like, I, I don't necessarily see Bruce Campbell playing Peyton Westlake because I think you have to do a certain amount of range. Not to say that Bruce Campbell is a good actor. Is I think that Liam Neeson could reach certain things with the character that I'm not sure Campbell could do, but he does get beat Dude. up a lot. So, Dude, I don't know yeah, about that, though, man. Because I like to dare and say, you know, you're, you're, talk, you're talking about the range, though. And all the times where we were supposed to have romantic scenes of them going out and stuff like that, it's just Liam Neeson didn't fucking nail it. It's, it's when they're going out on dates and he's, you know, trying to be nice and all that kind of stuff. It's just those scenes, like he just, in my opinion, just really fucking uh, lost those scenes, you know. And I think Bruce Campbell could have pulled that off. Bruce Campbell's a- able to play sincere, and he's able to play char- charming and sweet, you know. So I, I think you're selling the chin a little bit short there, man. No, he, uh, play, uh, he I, could play a charming asshole really well. That's the thing. <laughs> you know, he's charming, but he's also kind of a sarcastic little asshole. Which is what I like about this game. I know you've seen the ice rink, so I know you know that he knows he can play romantic. I do. I, well, you know, but he also plays with like that flair of like I'm um, cool leading man, like too much, leans too much into it. Well, two other cool. two Bill Paxton and Gary Oldman were also considered for this role at one point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, you know, the, 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 I don't mind the, cho- the choice of Liam Neeson. I think he can do intensity, which is, yeah. you know, which, which is what works. When, when we have the character going manic, you know, I think that, like, you know, I think Campbell might have come off more goofy, whereas Liam Neeson can play it more, like, internally brooding. Um, you know, so 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 that much I liked. But, you know, like I got vibes of, like the Invisible Man off of this, like out of anything. So that's really what this reminded me. Phantom of the Opera too, a lot you know, with, with the fans and a lot of the fans. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah, he yeah he he did a good you know because yeah we all read our notes and we all know the same same Remy was trying to sit there and tap a little bit into the Universal Monsters and he did a really yeah. good job of melding the the look of the Invisible Man with the feel of the Hunchback mm-hmm. of Notre Dame with the brain yeah. of Frankenstein, uh, Doctor Frankenstein, mm-hmm. you know, and melding yeah, those three yeah. characters together. Yeah, Dr. Frankenstein, and melding those three characters together into this on-screen character. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, and I liked it. I liked the, that he was different. He wasn't just like a one-note guy. You know, when he comes back, he still has his mind. Um, but as we, as we had said earlier, he is an explosion. 
lands in the water, and he's brought to a hospital. Uh, oh, God. No, we we, we got to talk about that horrible flying body through the, through the air the into the water. Phenomenal. Loved it. Holy shit. Even the demon was like, holy shit, is that a body flying through the air on fire? I was like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> sure is. Uh, but, so he, he flies through the air, and he has a screaming effect which Bruce Campbell did a lot of screaming effects for this movie in ADR. And it's like one of those things where it's like you try to find out which one he was screaming as, and then towards the end you'll hear it. But um, he lands in the water, and he's found by a medical team, and they take him to a neurological clinic led by Jenny A. Gooder from American Werewolf in London and Child's Play 2. Yes. John Landis. <laughs> John Landis is in the hospital. So Joel Cohen, uh, Francis McDormand's husband, is in the hospital. So a lot of people in this hospital. Uh, but they perform a surgery on Westlake, that severs the nerves that transmit pain impulses. So it relieves him from all the burn damage and all the pain to his hands and his face. However, little side effect of this, uh, he has uncontrollable rage. And that's why they need to keep him strapped down and sedated. Oh! Uh, he becomes stronger. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we don't want to do this. So we're just going to walk away. I love how she's poking him with the fucking pin. She's like, see, nothing. Like, I could literally just punch him in the face right now. He's not going to feel a thing. <laughs> He's a bitch. Oh, <laughs> everybody take a turn. Everybody take a turn in his balls. Everybody gets a punch. One punch. Come on. Right up. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> welcome to Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Peyton Westlake, and welcome to Jackass. Uh, this is the dark man. Oh. <laughs> so, you know what's funny with John, John Landis, man? I, I always recognize yeah. John Landis anytime I see him in anything. But the only reason for that is because of the obscene amount of times that I've watched the making of Michael Jackson's thriller throughout my young life because he's always <laughs> that. And, like, that, like his yeah. face, because of all the different interviews and stuff like that where he was always talking about it, like, his face was completely, mm-hmm. like, fucking cemented into my memory forever. I'm like, oh, it's John Landis. I know that fucker. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, um, so that yeah, beard. He <laughs> yeah, and the beard. Yeah, of course. But like, uh, so Peyton wakes up from his his uh, coma, uh, escapes from the hospital, runs out into the rain, uh, finds a sensible overcoat to wear and a nice cute little hat uh, that he could uh, <laughs> take with him. So wherever sensible he's gonna go, I love it. Um, <laughs> yep, and he finds. Julie walking home, you know, and he tries to get, Julie, it's me. Julie, it's me. Like, yeah, okay. I don't blame her for running upstairs. Oh, my God. Like, is this a homeless man trying to accost me? And he's like, why didn't she recognize me? It's because you're a fucking freak, dude. Got fucking vengeance all over your face. You got your cute little hat and your sensible overcoat. Like, you know, she doesn't know who you are. Like, you're not wearing a sweater cardigan. <laughs> you know, she doesn't recognize who you are. Uh, so he eventually finds his way to an abandoned factory where he's able to take a lunch, bunch of his equipment to go and start replicating what he was doing before with a synthetic skin. Uh, so the first thing he wants to do is reconstruct his face, but he can't do that because he's using a burned photo of his face. So it's going to take uh, several weeks to complete to get to 100%. So in the meantime, he's got a copy I'm going to fucking take apart his face. Yeah, it just doesn't work. So he's going to have to fucking take apart the Durant crime gang in the meantime in hilarious different ways, including – finding Rick at a gala with Durant, which leads me to think that Durant's actually gay because it's never really mentioned, but at the same time, he's like, hey, Rick, 
Would you like a martini? I'd love one. I'm like, Durant, you're the crime boss. Like, why are you fucking getting the lackey the fucking martini? You want that dick. Like, you know, it's, always, it's kind of alluded to that he's gay, but they never really come out and say it. I was like, oh, it's great. You want a martini? Like, just, yeah. You know, but, of course. Uh, yeah, sure, boss. Uh, yeah, I'm gin and tonic, but okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Rick, uh, getting outside is accosted by Dark Man. You know, I call him Dark Man from this point forward because he's in that form. Uh, but he yes. grabs Rick and he demands to know who did this. And he admits it. It's Robert G. Durant. I'm sorry. I wish I could tell you more. And he goes, I am sorry, too. Pushes him through the sewer grate and just kind of bounces his head back and forth and waiting for a good semi <laughs> to run it over. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. Like, you know, bobbing his head up and down until a semi hits it and crushes it, you know. This is an Evil Dead, so you're not going to get a chance to see that crushed head, but you yeah. do hear it getting crushed. Um, but this is also when we start to see, you know, the um, uh, enhanced strength that they're also talking about in the hospital because he's just in there literally tossing him around all over the place yeah. with one hand, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, throwing him around. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting to see some examples of his superhuman strength. It's a hilarious fashion. <laughs> seeing, you know, Ted Raimi's face screaming as that truck tire came over his head. I think it's just it's hilarious. But so he decides to focus his main attention onto Polly, who is an oversized, bald gangster of the Durant crime group, likes to go into diners and have a big old bratwurst with sauerkraut and chips. Sorry, Peyton, that fucking thing looked delicious. I would have eaten it. So I don't know why you're fucking disgusted by it when you see it later. It's food. Eat it. You deserve to eat, you know, eat some food. But anyway, so he decides to make a mold of Paulie's hands and head because he knows that there's an exchange of cash between Guzman and Paulie at this particular restaurant. So he's going to disguise Give himself as Paulie to do it. When he gets into <laughs> when he gets into Paulie's apartment and the guy's sleeping and he puts the little chloroform over his face and then he gets out of the costume and he's fully formed as Paulie. It, it's another one of those things where it kind of gets me. The rest of this movie, you have 99 minutes to get the fucking job done before the skin starts to melt. But at the same time, you can match his voice perfectly. So when, you know, you have to talk about it, yeah, all right. So it doesn't sound like Liam Neeson at all, but you have 99 minutes. You're telling me that everything that you did in this moment took exactly 99 minutes because he was at that guy's apartment for a little while. He goes downstairs to the diner. He's waiting for Guzman the entire time. He's like, oh, and then he has enough time to sit on the bench later. And just hang out. Well, it's 99 I mean, minutes if it's lit. Is it at 99 minutes yes. if it's like light? So you you got to take the darkness into account here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which, is, which, which is also why he had all of the shades drawn in the apartment and all that kind of stuff, you know, all ready in the cars. So, again, you know, shade, possibly if he was driven, you know, uh, yeah, all that kind of shit. But, yes, this is also another thing of, I agree with you. There are major, major plot holes here of him being yeah. able to sit there and tr- try and get this stuff done in the time frame, but like right. school saying, you know, in direct sunlight. Mm-hmm. I'm just being right. funny about it, actually. You know, because no, yeah, I, yeah. I see the same plot holes as you. And here is where, like, for me, this ends up being the most disappointing part. Because, you know, like I said, my experience with this has been through the video game. And the video game has you swapping, you know, faces. And each face gives you different abilities. And I thought a hell of a lot more of this movie was going to be about him 
taking on all these personas to accomplish his goals. And we only really get it as like quick montages and these flash points and then it's boom, it's done and it's just back to him fucking brooding as either his, his bandaged self or him wearing his fucking fake face, you know, which is hell <laughs> Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, and I just, I love the fact that once that exchange is made with him wearing Paulie's face, we cut back to Paulie's apartment where he's completely dressed in, you know, a light blue suit. He's laying on the bed. Light blue, bed ready to hit the coast. <laughs> Put two tickets yeah. to Rio in the suitcase, <laughs> one for Rick and one for him. Durant two comes bursting into the room with food bomb. He's like, oh, hey, what's going on, guy? You must have overslept, huh? Well, where's my money? You don't know where it is? Why are there two tickets to Rio in this suitcase? Oh, I don't know, Paul. You read Rick or go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so why is one for the why is one for the ass that I want to tap? I'm really pissed right now. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted him, and you're gonna take him away from me. Have a nice flight, Polly. And he gets thrown out the fucking window and lands on top of a cab. And a woman looking nice at that dead body turns around and sees Peyton there, and he's in the costume. And oh shit, face is melting. <laughs> <laughs> so, gotta but, go. But again, because. Because, you know, the, the CGI for this time was limited to the lab, which I was impressed with, with the graphics that they put out there, okay? So, that being said, you know, the stunts and shit that are done in this movie, real fucking stunts. So, you know, I, that is one thing I will give a fucking mad props to for this movie is actually using practical effects and practical stunts and actual yeah. stunt men, you know? So, you know, for, for when they throw this motherfucker out the window, yeah. It's a big fucking jump. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the next that we see is Westlake returning to the lab, t- trying to get these skin formulas to work to last longer than 100 minutes, 99 minutes, I should say. Um, and it's just not working. He experiences his first little rage out where he puts the little oil thing on his head. He's like, I'm the freak. Come see the freak. Five dollars. See them. I was like, okay. I'm kind of enjoying this a little bit. And I could see Bruce Campbell doing Goblin. a better job. All I'm, seeing, yeah. all I'm seeing is what Raimi figured out he could do again with Defoe. You know what I mean? He was like, listen, Will, Willem, this is what I want you to do as the Green Goblin. When I want you to go back and forth, I want you doing something similar to this. Uh, or maybe maybe Defoe took it you know, in his own thing and said, hey, I'm going to look back at some of Raimi's other movies. But that, yeah. as he's doing this and he's going buck wild like this, that is all I'm seeing in my head is, wow, that first Spider-Man movie and Willem Dafoe fucking acting like a nut as, as the Goblin, which I guess doesn't hurt that I've watched No Way Home like three times since, since I bought it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, you know, after his freak out, he sees that his face is done, that it's 100% done, that he could use it and wear it. So the first thing he's going to do is, is find out where Julie is so he could confront her in the cemetery and he's just like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Like, but you're dead. Of nah, all places. Nah. The fucking cemetery. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the yeah. wrong place to pick up a chick. <laughs> I just want you to right. again, this is another one. Yeah. This is another one of those moments where that 99 minutes doesn't really work for me. Because they have their whole, like, you know, oh, we're reconnecting, we're hugging, and you're back. And then they cut to them sitting at a cafe. I'm like, is he not worried? Like, is he not constantly looking at that watch and going, oh, shit, I, uh, shit, I gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> nope, he's just, I'm so glad I'm back. Got the, and I can't wait to the carnival. We, we, 
we've seen him pull out the alarm beeper a couple of times, his little timer. Yeah, he does it better in other scenes, but in this particular one, like, he's not checking it. Like, when they go to the carnival, like, you could see him constantly checking it and going, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Like, you know, it's been fun, but, like, you know, I really have to leave. So, but that first, like, cafe sequence, he's like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, man. Like, you know, it's 99 minutes. <laughs> it's it's only been 96, <laughs> you know. I'm good. Um, yeah, no, no worries if I go total recall bub- bubbly face on you. It's all right. No, <laughs> no. The carnival scene just is just two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the whole carnival sequence is just Sam Raimi having a great time being Sam Raimi with all the extreme close-ups and the freaks and you know the carnival barkers and even when he tries to win the uh, the stuffed pink elephant. Like, Sorry, pal. You do stepped over the line. Stepped over the line. Stepped over. No, I didn't. Give me the fucking elephant. Give me my fucking oh, yeah. elephant. <laughs> 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 Take it. Take it. It feels like a totally different movie when we get into this point right. too, though. You know what I mean? Where like it's only like, all of a sudden what felt like a PG film, except for like the occasional little bits of violence, suddenly has f bombs and all kinds of other shit going on, and I'm like, wow, look at this fucking guy going out of his uh. His little comfort zone there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. Making a coaster yeah. feel like such a floozy. <laughs> right, but it's just, you know, he has a freak out, and he starts to bubble and realizes he has to get back to the lab. I love how he grabs the pink elephant and just starts sobbing all the way home. And eventually, Julie catches up in. And you see him running up the stairs going, Smoking, 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 almost on fire, but running with the elephant. For some reason, I just couldn't stop laughing at that sequence. Seeing a grown man fucking cry, holding a pink elephant up to his face and sobbing uncontrollably. (laughs) It happens, man. It happens. (laughs) I mean, believe me, I have stopped too, but I'm alone in my bed. And usually I'm not pounding the pillow going, God, take over it. No, man, I do it alone. I don't want anybody to see me sob. It's ugly. It's disgusting. Says, but, um, says, says the guy who has a king-size bed and six king-size pillows in his bed. I do. Because I, you need a lot of pillows to cry. Have you not cried in bed before? You need at least a solid two. Because you're going to get the first one wet, then you've got to flip to the other one so you can go to bed. See, I know oh, I need to cry. Yeah, I know. I believe you. I've been there. I know. I ladies, um, ladies, just so you're out there, uh, you know, King's kind of a lonely man sometimes, and you know, feel free to stalk him on Facebook and Instagram and let him know that that you love the King, and just take a moment to sh- shoot him pictures of your boobies. He'll greatly appreciate it. Just so you know, the King's I mean, an ugly not. crier. I am. Oh, dude, it's it, it just, you know, a lot of snorting and a lot of heavy breathing and just, oh, yeah, no. No, I, I do not look good crying. And I cry hard, ladies. I live hard, I cry hard. Oh, but, cry uh, hard. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> cry but, harder. Cry hard, too. <laughs> but three or cry to, hard. That's right. I come hard, I cry hard, I do everything hard. I just I do All right, cry, baby. I, I'm not hard myself, but I do like to do everything. <laughs> you make me burn, cry, baby. <laughs> Where's Hatchet Face? I do like that movie. That's my girl right there. <laughs> Where's Hatchet Face? Yeah, it is Hatchet Face. <laughs> um, so Westlake returns back to his his lab uh, to ugly cry a little bit, but 
of course, Julie's like, well, it's okay. Like, whatever happened, like, we'll make it through because I love you and I want to see you. And he's, like, just ignoring her, looking oddly like Billy Corgan for half a second in the shadow. I was like, oh, man. I was like, is Melancholy and Infinite Sadness about to start playing? Now the album's even out yet. Despite but just all that I mean, I'm still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> Two day wasn't the greatest apparently for Westlake, so no, he's gonna hide and cry. And, uh, um, uh, he because he has more work to do with with getting his revenge on Durant, so he's built the perfect mask for Durant. And he, the funniest fucking thing in this movie, and I gotta mention, is when he puts on the Durant mask, goes into the bodega, and he's like. Hello. Yes, I am robbing you. My name is Robert <laughs> G. Durant. Thank you. And then he looks at the camera. And, Durant. <laughs> <laughs> and the police actually arrest Durant and take him downtown. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, you idiots? So he put they have it on videotape. He's like, fuck that videotape. <laughs> just, I just yeah. love the approach. He's looking at the camera and doing it because he has to go down to Chinatown to, to speak to one of the gangsters that owes rent money, Hung Fat. So Hung Fat's like, yeah, dude, uh, guess what? Here's the thing. You're not getting any of my money, bitch. So you might as well just <laughs> hit the road. And as Durant, you know, he goes, you have until the end of this cigar to get me my money. And I was like, no, oh, he's going to snip it all the way down. So there's like nothing. And he's like, okay, Bob, you'll get your money. <laughs> like, that's all it took. We spent a lot of time in this fucking place. With you fucking going and, back and forth, that's money. And again, with that fucking uh, cigar cutter, it's like, that's got to be like some custom-made shit. Because I have fucking fucked with cigar cutters. And it's like, I have to like, yeah, I've done it. I've stuck my finger in there. And yeah, it, no, it, it does not actually cut your fucking fingers off. Despite what this fucking movie tells you, it is not at a cup there, tin snip. All right? But apparently, yeah, it's, you know... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. A cigar cutter is not actually a, a little guillotine for your fingers. <laughs> Kids, you will be safe if you put your fingers in a fucking <laughs> cigar cutter. Just put it what out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I take no responsibility for that on this show. Uh, how about the Jets? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um so, yeah, the, the exchange of cash is made, and as uh, Westlake, as Durant is going downstairs with, with Guzman to make their escape, that's when Durant shows up in traffic. Hey, you forgot to pay your cash, sir. Eat it. Going right to that restaurant, and that's where you get the revolving door of the two Durants. Oh. Shoot him. No, you shoot him. Shoot him. Like total, like, Acme cartoon, like WV cartoon. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> tapping into it. You know, you shoot him. No, you shoot him. Like, you know. I don't know what to do. Oh, my God, there's two Durants. It's like, you'll do the right thing, and you'll take care of him. And, of course, Durant gets away with the case, but it's not actual Durant. It's Westlake who makes away with the briefcase full of money and <laughs> runs away. Durant's just like, oh, man, you got away again. Damn you, dark man. Like, you know, they need one of those. Just a closed fist shake at the camera. <laughs> Damn you, dark man. I would have been happy with but they don't have, but, um, but they don't have a name for him yet, so they can't say, Damn you, dark man. He could have come up with it. He could have been like Bruce Campbell in Spider-Man. He came up with the name all by himself. Oh. He's wearing dark clothing. And he's wearing a dark hat. Oh, uh, dark man. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Instead, uh, 
Julie goes to meet with, with Shrek Bandage again. Bandage man. And, Nope. <laughs> the amazing bandage man. <laughs> no one can stop a bandage man. Whip, a whip of my bandages, I say. Whip, whip. whip. Wow, he just made my whip, feel whip. Bandage man. <laughs> Captain Flappy <laughs> No after but no yes. pickle. But shit's about to get real. But shit's about to get real because Sam Raimi is about to blow his entire budget on this movie. (laughs) Oh my god! He's just like, let's just go for it. Third act come fest, (laughs) you know, with his budget. You know, let's just go do it. Um, Because Julie meets with her boss Drake again, who tells her that her life's in danger because of her association with Peyton. You know. Everything that this guy is doing, you're 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 gonna get killed too because of that. Julie's like, nobody talks to me that way. I'm a floozy, and walks out of the office. So Strax <laughs> has to call in Durant, and Durant tells everything about what's going on, about how he has to kill Westlake, and Durant's like, yeah, no problem. I have a helicopter and a grenade launcher. Those are the only two things I need. You have to give what about Julie? Oh yeah, I'll take her too. I I I, I will take her too. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna kidnap her, and I love when he leans out the window. He goes, "Julie!" Like it's just so fucking obnoxious. <laughs> 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 the building blows up again, and it's like, "Oh, this guy can't fucking catch a break. This guy's just always in one explosion after another." But yes, yeah, so like the the monkey was saying, this is where we get the blow oral budget, because now we have Dark Man hanging by a hook on the bottom of the helicopter. While Durant fires round after round of grenades at them as they fly through the city, <clears throat> and we see the Delta 88 go flying. Yes, by I was gonna say. Did anybody else catch it? Did, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. when it was happening, I, you know, I was like, "Oh, there's the Delta." <laughs> and the lady was like, and the dude was like, "What?" And I was like, and I rewound it. I was like, "There's Delta." And she's like, "Holy fuck." Yes, he did it. I was like, of course he did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Delta 88, you got to have it in everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I just I loved just how, like, it was going between, you know, the, the actual stuntman flying around, and then it was, like, the bad mat, you know, where it's, like, clearly he's not, he's on a blue screen. Just going, whoa, whoa, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But yeah, but to police again, involved, who, police, yeah, but, yeah, this, yeah, but yeah, who gave Sam, Sam Raimi the green light? Go, okay, you can totally have a, a blue thunder chasing through a city with two helicopters because Sam Raimi, <laughs> with you, the way you, <laughs> the way you shoot, shoot stuff, yeah, you're totally gonna be good with a blue thunder chasing. <laughs> but how do you break all that? Because you know what? Blue Thunder is exactly what I was fucking thinking during this sequence, yeah. too. I'm like, dude, all we need is a helicopter to do a fucking loop-de-loop, and we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just Which is technically not possible for helicopters, <laughs> but all they did was literally just take the frame and get, just turn it upside down, upside down, upside down. But anyway, yes, King, I know we're running short on time. No, well, we're fine. We're, we're doing good because we're almost at the finale. But anyway, no, it's just, it, it cracked me up, and I was wondering if you guys cracked up too, just because the helicopter was flying past, and the cop helicopter was just kind of hanging out in the sky, just kind of floating there, like waiting for some kind of action. I was waiting for the light to turn on. Hey, pull your helicopter over. The police. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's what those police 
like helicopters do. They sit around and wait for fucking helicopter speeders. You know, you know they can't catch the plane. It's a very boring fucking life, but it's very fulfilling for when it happens. Uh, until but you have a, a, a rocket fired at your, your helicopter. <laughs> wow. That's, that's pretty well, much what know. they did, though, is because they were chilling out and they were like, hey, you know, this is LAPD. You know, put, put your put your passenger <laughs> down first and then set your helicopters on the ground. They're like, uh, fuck you. <laughs> but this my, and again, this is where I had problems with editing, okay, amongst other things, is because you have this awesome chase scene. You couldn't color the safety belt and post edit to match the black outfit that he was wearing. Instead, yeah, while no. the, all this shit was going on, you had a giant white cod piece of a safety piece uh, hanging around Dark Man as he's flying around in the air. You, could, you couldn't color that and post edit. No, no a lot was going on. <laughs> Sam just like leave it in at this point I don't care I'm just glad to be over Dark Man um, so with, with Dark Man still hanging on to the to the hook in the chain he lands on top of a 18 wheeler and manages to get to the cab where he hooks it to the top of the cab which causes the helicopter to fly straight into a tunnel and crash and burn so that's the last time we're going to see Durant maybe not though or is it a little bit left in the movie <laughs> yeah, but so this crash leads to Westlake grabbing onto the Durant mask, putting it on, and meeting with Strack at his construction site. So Strack is having a conversation, talking to him about his kids, and Durant's like, "Yes, I do, in fact, love my children." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they do, they do super look super gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you didn't know Durant was super gay for Rick. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. But they totally were. They were going to go to Rio together. Oh, no, actually, I did that. That lied. We all know they were going to go to Rio together. You know they were going to start that bratwurst, you know, side hustle, that food truck in Rio. Oh. It was going to work. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> street sausage. Tell them that street sausage. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was this real big made that it was actually... <laughs> <laughs> so what with, with that reveal being made, uh, with, with Westlake being revealed as Durant, Strack and his thug decide to beat up on Westlake as he they're standing on the beams of this construction site. Uh, I like the fact that Strax Thug is voiced by Bruce Campbell in this scene, especially when he's in pain. You can definitely tell it's Bruce, just by the way he yells and he screams, with his massive fucking Zuba pants on. The MC Hammer, like, parachute pants that the guy was wearing. Oh, jeez. Matt, you think those pants would have slowed down his fall? <laughs> right, I know. They just opened up and he could have just it down the uh, ground. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're parachute pants. Like a flying <laughs> squirrel gliding to the ground. That was the original <laughs> point of Zuma zoom, zoom Pets. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so easy for, for him to, to, you know, get killed in this point because of those pants. Julie ends up falling and landing on a rebar pipe you know, that she's attached to because of her restraints. So she's just kind of she... have to hang out for a little bit. And yet, somehow she fa- fell on that thing where it made no fucking sense. 
<laughs> the way that rebar was sticking out and the way she was caught yep. on there, I was like, did yep. she do a couple ninja flips in the air to be able to sit there and land that way? Because there's Absolutely. no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. And then we have uh, Strack picking up a fucking bolt gun, and he's just like, look what I found in play. <laughs> you know, firing round after round after round, including you know, fire one to is- the hand. Of him. Yep, I must yep. have looked down at one point. I looked down at one point, right? Like during this 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 entire like debacle, and I guess I missed the point where the henchmen came out because the entire time he's fighting Strack, I thought he was fighting Strack, yeah. but then it turns out mm-hmm. that the one henchman just really looked like Strack because then all of a sudden there's Strack <laughs> with the fucking bolt gun, and I'm like, what the fuck? Where'd that guy come from? <laughs> <laughs> And at one point, with this particular bolt gun that Shrek has, he manages to shoot one of the bolts into Westlake's hand. You know, and oh, shit. It. You know, I got you. Where are you going to go? It's not like you have bouts of rage that will help you get out of this, right? Or, bl- or blood in like your that. body where that would be bleeding down from your fucking hand. <laughs> well, no, because it took away he his only, nerve He only misses him, him like six times from fucking point blank range, <laughs> too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so he, uh, Peyton uses his fucking rage meter once it's filled up to get his hand <laughs> off of the uh, bolt and pull it down. Fucking rage! And throw <laughs> Throwing straight over one of the beams, but he grabs him by his foot. So now we have this weird kind of Joker Batman moment. Where he's like, you can't do it, can you? You can't kill me. You can't do it. Batman, thank you, because this is what it reminded me of. <laughs> Finally, he just goes, the fuck I can't, and drops straight to his death. <laughs> that I'm not I love. That <laughs> right? No problem here. <laughs> See you, bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. So with Shrek gone, with the rank gone, Julie's safe. They reach the safety elevator as dawn breaks, and they're going to take it down. Of course, she doesn't want to show his face to her, and she's like, please, show me your face. And he's like, today is the greatest. Oh, nope, that album has not come out yet. It still looks like Billy fucking Corgan. <laughs> yep. Tonight, tonight. Stop I it. Not, not released yet. Nope, not released yeah. yet. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, Billy Corgan sitting in a theater watching fucking Darkman going, oh, shit. You know what? I have an album. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to steal this look in a couple of years, and I'm going to look fantastic. Because you know what, guys? Darkman has rage. And you know what else has rage? Rats. And you know what rats live in? Cages. So despite hey. all Peyton's rage, he's still just a rat in a cage. Oh my God, guys! Track one Dude, done. That is we so fucking. We are deep. making an album here, people. I'm gonna go put on my zero shirt and grab a guitar. <laughs> so, but I know why I'm ripping off Tank Girl. <laughs> so back to the movie. Uh, Peyton just says, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not Peyton. You know, you need to move on with your life. Peyton's dead. I'm a new person. I have all this rage that's pent up in me. I have to go listen to some Smashing Pumpkins albums, even though there isn't one yet because it's 1990. Uh, but still, you have a good Give life. Give it two more years. Because, <laughs> and then he 
as he's leaving, he's breaking out a mask to put on so she can't chase him. Uh, and he starts to do the overture of how he's everyone, he's no one, he's Dark Man. But really, who is Dark Man? Bruce Candle. Because that's oh, who we yeah. see as this movie closes out. I was like, oh, the final he's chance fucking of Bruce pretty. Candle. Oh, look at he's good so for Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at you. I want to squeeze your cheeks. <laughs> I, I want to squeeze You handsome motherfucker. <laughs> I want to feel your chin in my boobs. <laughs> but he is the final shemp, as he's credited as final shemp, which is a joke that yes. goes all the way back to Evil Dead, you know, with Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi. But there are two more sequels. This one's the best one because Liam Neeson didn't return for the other two. But Larry Drake did as Robert Durant, and you'll find out the unbelievable explanation they give as to how he survived that helicopter crash. It's fucking amazing. Just to find out. Well, I know that the, oh. uh, that, that Dark Man Delightful. is now played by uh, the Mummies, uh, the, uh, Arnold Buslu or Brendan Fair, like that. Yeah, Brendan Fair, whatever his name is, I think. Uh, might be no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. It's the guy that plays the mummy. Uh, I think it's like, it's either Arnold or Arnold Bruce or something like that. Arnon. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, Arnold uh, Boswell. That's what I said. Fucking like six yeah, times. No, you're, yeah, I'm repeating you. Yes, Arnold I said, yes, Arnold Boswell. You're right. But, yeah, that, that's who it is. Um, but with that being said, Mikey, you have the pick next week. What are we watching? Alright, next week We're going to sit there and the ghoul and I are going to have some fun Alright Because we're going to go ahead and do uh, We're going to go ahead and do A horror comedy movie next week Called Three Alright, this is A 2018 Bollywood horror movie I will send you guys the link For a subtitle version Uh yeah, where where Tandiri Village is haunted for years by a witch who's called us as street. She abducts men in the dark, leaving only their clothes behind. And this four-day annual festival leaves young men going to look for the spirit that steals the bodies of young men. Huh. This movie's okay. got, oh well, my god! Showing I, know up I know this movie. I know this movie. I know this movie. Got, <laughs> this has got Shraddha Kapoor in it. She is so fucking hot, man. Like yes, absolutely. I can't wait. Very cool. <laughs> I, 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 right. I caught this on Netflix. I caught this on Netflix during my uh, my Bollywood phase. All right, yeah. sweet. All right. Monkey's really going hard in the paint with the whole thing I said last week with it. You could pick anything because it's the show. Uh, he did. It's horror. It is not horror adjacent. It is, this is horror. You, I'm not going horror adjacent. I'm going horror. Right, well, it's fine. It, it, uh, hey, listen, we could pick anything, even Bollywood. That was my point. Not that it's horror adjacent or not horror. It's just Bollywood. <laughs> I just, I can't it's get still horror. That's yeah, the point, man. I'm, I'm, this year, I'm sticking to the show's format. <laughs> I'm not Damn. saying it's not horror. Lucky, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll see you back here next week. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, screaming. <laughs> so, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Go ahead and close yourself out. Cool. In, you used to come in your ear, everybody. 
They took my hand. Okay? They took my hand. My hand. Everybody. Now we can't come in anybody's ear. <laughs> now I have to rub up and down on the bed really fast. <laughs> today was a good day. The greatest podcast I've ever known. <laughs> Thank you, Billy Corgan. And for, <laughs> for inspiring so much of this episode tonight. Yeah, no. Everybody go home. Without even knowing it. Despite <laughs> yeah, all of my rage, recovering Bollywood next week on the show. Next week, next week. So we'll see you back here next week. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Keep the world strong. Watch horror movies. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you back here next week. Hail Satan. Ha <laughs> ha